God. Well, we're going for round number three this morning on teaching on the Holy Spirit. So get your Bibles out. And if you would go to the original scripture, Galatians chapter 419. I want to get that ingrained in your hearts this morning. And while you're turning there, I'm going to pray. Father, I just thank you for today. I thank you, Lord God, that as we begin to teach on the Holy Spirit, that, Lord, by the power of your Holy Spirit, you begin to open up our eyes and open up our understanding, open up our hearts, Lord God, and our minds, that all the false teachings, all the things that have come, Lord God, that we may have been indoctrinated with or, or stumbling blocks or whatever it is, Lord, be removed so that we can just know the truth of your word and walk in the truth and that the power of the Holy Spirit can flow throughout our church, Lord God, and flow throughout our people and flow throughout this land, blessing and touching and helping people and forming Christ in us, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Now it says in Galatians 4.19, it says, my little children to whom I labor and birth again until Christ is formed in you. The whole point of the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives is that Christ can be formed in us. We can be more Christ-like. Can I hear an amen? Amen. Look at somebody and say, you're looking more like Jesus every day. <laughs> you know, I, I tell you, church, the, the thing about it is, is that uh, I, I, I know some of y'all have heard this morning, but I brought my favorite tool up here this morning. I, I got a 12 inch crescent wrench. This 12 inch crescent wrench stays right, right in the back of my truck. I just can reach right over it and pick the thing up. I, this, is, this is my tool. This is my go-to tool. Doesn't make any difference what I'm doing. This is my go-to tool. If I need to drive a nail, I can do it with this 12 inch crescent wrench. I don't always use it for what it is made for. Hello? I have used it as a pry bar. I have used it to take lug nuts off. I have used it as a screwdriver. It's not easy to do, but you can do it. <laughs> I've used it for all kinds of means and purposes for which it was not created. All right. But in, in a toolbox, if you have a good toolbox, you know, you've got the proper tools. And the problem is, as a church, the Christian church for so long has been using the improper tool in their walk with Jesus because they've not wanted to pick up the tool of the Holy Spirit and use it. They want to use something else because they're scared of the Holy Spirit. It's just like that video just showed you right there. It's too mysterious. It's too strange. It's too freaky. Oh, my gosh. Something's going to happen. Something's going to jump on me. Something's going to make me do something I don't want to do. It's Casper the Friendly Ghost on steroids, you know. I mean, something. And everybody's scared of the Holy Ghost. Now, I've told you all this before that I'm going to use... Holy Spirit and Holy Ghost interchangeably because I learned first in King James. And so y'all just forgive me for that. That's I'll try to behave myself, but it's just going to come out Holy Ghost a bunch of times. But anyway, so we do not use the proper tool. And the whole reason for the power of the Spirit of God upon this earth is to help us. Everybody say, help me. I mean, the Bible's plain. John 16, I showed you these scriptures before that the power of the Holy Spirit is there to help us. He is our helper. To get Christ formed in us. But yet, the, the, there's a whole lot of the church world teaches, oh, don't, don't, don't talk about the Holy Spirit. Because if you talk about the Holy Spirit, well, then that's going to get into, woo, twilight zone, something going to happen. And then there's been a bunch of churches that have taken the power of the Holy Spirit and totally abused it. Totally just got in the flesh, totally just been emotional, turned people off, got everybody out to run. But I want to tell you something, folks, me, Robert Richards, I'm about as cowboy in country as it comes. All right. And I want to tell you something. I'm so glad I got to meet the Holy Spirit. 
I am so glad that in my toolbox, I don't have to beat everything with a crescent wrench, that I got the power of the Holy Spirit in my life to help me through things in life. And if you don't have the power of the Holy Spirit in your life, or you're not sure about the Holy Spirit, that's what this whole teaching has been, to help you to come to an understanding of the power of God available to you for Christ to be formed in you. Amen. So I can't go back. Go. Listen, I got two more messages on this from the last couple of Sundays. So you can go and uh, watch those. I've got to move on or I'll never, ever be through. And so this I'm I'm just throwing it out today. All right. Y'all just love me. Just love me. Love me. Okay. But, you know, people ask me all the time, what's the difference between different? What's the difference between churches, churches that, you know, really are, are supposedly Pentecostal that believe in the Holy Spirit and those that aren't? And I'll tell you. All right. I'll just be honest and tell you the reason why it is, is without the Holy Spirit in church. Listen to me, without the Holy Spirit in church, well, then you don't have his leading and his guiding and his empowerment. And so you only have your own strength, your own intellect and your own ability to do something. So how many of y'all have tried to go on a diet? Oh, man, you're going to go on a diet. You're going to be, man, you're going to look like, you know, and just, you know, no time at all. And then, you know, you start to get all the temptations. You start to get all the fallings and then you fail. Well, that's like trying to serve Jesus or serve God with only your own strength and ability. Because folks, I'll tell you something. I'm too weak. I'm going to make a mistake. I'm going to fall. I'm going to falter. I'm not going to be able to walk in the power of God without the Holy Spirit helping me every day, leading me, guiding me, encouraging me, picking me up, showing me scriptures, showing me revelations, showing me things going on, opening the Bible and making it become alive to me and jumping out and saying, look at this, look at that, look at this, look at that. Don't do this, do that. If I don't have that, and I'm depending on myself, I'm going to fall short. So without the Holy Spirit, all you've got your own strength, your own intellect trying to serve God. Okay. Now we, today I'm going to deal with tongues and I know that this may, you know, even y'all, I don't know. I don't know if it's going to shock you or not, or y'all going to all freak out and run out the door. The doors are locked. You can't get out anyway. So it ain't going to make any difference, but I'm going to preach it and I'm going to show you, I want to show you what the word of God says about Praying in tongues. And I want to tell you something about praying in tongues. The biggest problem with praying in tongues is you. Yes. All right. I've already showed you last week that 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 for a person that's born again, accepts Jesus Christ in their life. There is a subsequent experience of experiencing the baptism of the Holy Spirit in your life. I showed you that last week. I showed you that all you had to do was ask. All you had to do was 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 ask and receive. That's all you had to do to have the Holy Spirit in your life. The only prerequisite for it is you had to be saved. You had to be born again. You can't get filled with the Holy Spirit if you're not born again. And I showed you the scriptures and, and you just had to take it by faith. If you didn't hear that message, I did. So I want you to go. I want to show you a bunch of scriptures right quick. Isaiah 28, 11. I want to show you some scriptures. Old Testament first. I want to show you the whole counsel of God's word. Isaiah 28, 11. It says, for with stammering lips and other tongue, he will speak to his people. This is Isaiah. Everybody says this is Old Testament. Okay, this is Isaiah. He was already talking about speaking in tongues in Isaiah. Okay. Now let's see what Jesus said. Go to Mark 16, 17. 
Now, these scriptures, you need to take good notes, write these down, because this is what you're going to need when you're trying to show this to somebody else. Mark 16, 17, Jesus' own words. He says, these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons that will speak with new tongues. Jesus said it. I didn't say it. That's not the doctrine of Robert. It's the doctrine of, the, of Jesus. That's right. Okay, well, let's go to Acts 2, 4. Acts 2, 4. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in tongues. As the Spirit gave them utterance. All right, what are we going to do about it? It's something in the scriptures. You can't deny it. You can't just not look at it and act like it's not there. You might as well figure out what it is. Acts 10.44. Acts 10.44. Acts 10.44. Again, while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell on those who heard the word. And those of the circumcision who believed were astonished as many as came with Peter because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Here we go again. There it is. Go to Acts 19.5. Acts 19.5. Now, when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them. They spoke with tongues and prophesied. So you see what I'm doing here? I'm just showing you the scriptures. I'm not showing you Robert's doctrine. I'm just showing you the scriptures. What are we going to do? It's in the Bible. You're going to have to deal with it. You can't turn around and just say, no, well, the Holy Spirit was only for the time when God was trying to get everybody to believe the word. What is he trying to do now? What, 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 everybody got knowledge and so we don't need it now? That's just ridiculous. Oh, well, it was only to empower the disciples so that they could see that the gospel is true. Do we not need the, God, the, the, the everybody empowered so that people believe the gospel is true? We're fighting in a world full of absolute craziness and nobody wants to believe the word's true? If we ever needed the power of the Holy Ghost to come about on, 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 in, in our lives to show forth that the gospel is true, is now we need it. Huh? Lord of mercy. So here we go. Romans 8, 26. Romans, Romans 8, 26. I'm just laying down scriptures for you here to show you that the Bible talks about speaking in tongues. So we have to get being taboo and not looking at it and like, oh, just, you know, maybe it'll go away and feeling all nervous and antsy. I want to teach you what the word of God says about it. Amen. Romans 8, 26. Likewise, the spirit also helps our weaknesses for we do not know what we should pray as we ought. But the spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Okay. The book of Jude, right before Revelation 120, chapter 1, verse 20. It says, but you, beloved, build up yourself in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Okay, I don't know how many scriptures that was, but there was a bunch. Just to tell you, this is not some little, you know, Pentecostal doctrine that we've stretched scriptures out to pull out here or there to try to, you know, have something, a rah-rah, rondai shandai message. Hello? This is a, this is a, this is a, 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 a doctrine of the church. This is a, this is what's in the truth of God's word and we cannot avoid it. And folks, listen to me. When we have 
Oh, men swimming and women swimming events saying that they're women because they felt like a woman winning the awards and everybody says, isn't that sweet? We're crazy. We got some problems, man. We need the power of the Holy Ghost coming into people's heads and open up their eyes and saying something ain't right here. But you know what everybody does? They do just like the church does with the Holy Spirit. Everybody just kind of ducks their heads and kicks the dirt and says, hey, I don't know, you know, this ain't right, but I don't know what we should do. I don't know. And nobody wants to. But I'm just saying this morning, we got to look at the word. And if we look at the word and the word is, this is what the word, the truth is being preached to us. So then we have to get over our doctrinal issues. We have to get over our stumbling blocks, our hindrances, our own inhibitions uh, and fear and whatever we may have and find out the truth. I want to know the truth. How about y'all? I want to know the truth. That's all I want. So let's jump into this a little more. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1. Everybody okay? Nobody wants to run yet? Okay. If you do, just don't show it. 1 Corinthians 14, 1. Look at these first words here. 1 Corinthians 14, 1. Pursue love. Everybody say pursue love. Do you know, church, you can never be off. You can never get wrong. You can never get get off track if you are pursuing love. Do you know that you can get off if you're pursuing your own self-centered desires or if you're trying to, you know, do whatever you anything off of love, you can get off. But if you're trying to pursue love, you can never go wrong. The whole gospel of Jesus is about a gospel of love. It's not a gospel of of power, a gospel of, 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 you know, making man do what he wants him to do or anything like that. It's a gospel of love. He says, pursue love and. Doesn't and mean also? Doesn't man and like, you know, I I have a a bottle of water and a phone. I have two things in my hand. Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. So the apostle Paul here is trying to get the church at Corinth. And now you got to understand something. The church at Corinth was was the wildest church of the new Testament. All right. They had just been idol worshipers. They'd believed in everything. They were, they were the wildest group, the wildest bunch that was there in those days. Okay. They weren't stoic, you know, country people. These guys were wild. All right. And so Paul's trying to say, look, I want you to pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. Look at here. But especially that you may prophesy. Now, what does prophecy mean? Now, there's two kinds of prophecy that's described in the Bible. One is prophecy. It's a foretelling of events to come. You know, yay, hey, thus saith the Lord, tomorrow at two o'clock, sun's going to turn blue. I mean, if it was a prophecy, that is not. I am not saying that's a prophecy. I just made that up. Okay, don't anybody say that. Pastor said it's going to turn blue tomorrow. No, I'm just saying it would be the foretelling of events. All right. The other form of prophecy is what I'm doing right now. 
preaching. It's inspirational teaching, inspirational preaching, inspirational declaration of what God's word is. Anytime you preach the gospel and tell people about Jesus, it's prophetic in the sense that it's of the spirit of Christ and it is prophetic and is going out as a declaration. Okay. Now for he who speaks, let me, let me start all over. Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy, you may foretell, you may preach. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. For no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. He who prophesies speaks edification, exhortation, and comfort to men. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. But he who prophesies edifies the church. I wish you all spoke in tongues, but even more that you prophesied. For he who prophesies is greater than he who speaks with a tongue. Unless indeed he interprets that the church may receive edification. Now, brethren, if I come to you speaking in a tongue, what shall it profit you unless I speak to you either by revelation or by knowledge or by prophesying or by teaching? Even things without life, whether the flute or the harp, they make a sound. And unless you make a distinction in the sounds, how will it be known what is piped or played? For if the trumpet makes an uncertain sound, who will prepare for battle? So likewise, you, unless you utter by the tongue words to be understood, how will it be known what is spoken? For you will be speaking in the, into the air. There are, it may be, so many kinds of languages in the world, and none of them are without significance. Now, this is one of the main things that Paul, when he was teaching, was trying to get across to the church at Corinth. He said, if everybody comes in the church, and here we get to go, he's talking about praying in tongues. He'd go into the church, and everybody rises up, and everybody prays in tongues. What good would it do? Because nobody out there can understand what anybody else is saying unless the tongue got interpreted, and then they could have the gift of the Spirit flow, and they could know what was going on. He said, I'd rather come in here. He speaks on download morning. He said, I'd rather speak five words in English than all the words in tongues because people need to know. I'll just stop for a second. Folks, listen to me. It's about people. The ministry of the Holy Spirit is about two people. Amen. Listen to me. It's about two people. People are what's important to God. The reason for the ministry of the Holy Spirit is that you can touch somebody else. But if you spoke in tongues in a language that no one understood, how could you help them? I want to make a point here. They were speaking in tongues. <laughs> we can't deny that. See, yeah, yeah, they shouldn't be doing that in church. That's what Paul said. No, that's not what Paul said. Let's get our church. Let's get our, our doctrine here straight. Okay. They were speaking in tongues. Everybody say they were speaking in tongues. See, that even made you a little nervous to say that out loud. So they were speaking in tongues. Thought something might happen to you. Okay. So my point is here is that they were coming into church and they were all speaking in tongues in their personal prayer language. Here's where you have to make a distinction. There is a personal prayer language in the Holy Spirit, which I'll give you four things that happen when you do that. And then there is a gift of the spirit of tongues and interpretation. They're two different things. They're both tongues, but they're two used for two different purposes, two different tools. Okay. Look what he says here. Let's go back up to verse one. 
14.1. Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. For he who speaks in a tongues does not speak to men, but to God. When you're speaking in tongues in your personal prayer life, you're speaking to God. Pretty simple. It's pretty simple. You're speaking to God. Okay? Read on. But no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. Second thing is, you're speaking things that are unknown or mysteries to you. Like you're praying and God's using you to pray and speak because prayer has to be uttered on earth before it can happen in heaven. And you don't even know that you are going to get run over by a truck tomorrow. You know, sometimes things just happen. The other day I was standing outside. I guess the fault is I always wore my shirts untucked. And I was just standing outside. A bee flew up my shirt. I didn't do nothing. I didn't smell sweet. Didn't eat. Wasn't even eating anything. Bee just flew up my shirt. And I said, what is that? And when I did that, he boom, popped me. And I was like, well, I didn't deserve that. I was doing nothing to hurt the bee. He just flew up my shirt, got in the wrong place and stung me. Okay. Well, jokingly, I thought about, well, I guess I maybe didn't pray in tongues enough that day because I might could have thwarted the bee. I didn't know I was going to get bee stung. There's things in life that you don't know is going to happen is my point. Right. But the Holy Spirit does. And he says he'll speak through you and he'll speak mysteries. Okay, let's read on. But he who prophesies speaks for edification, exhortation, comfort of men. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. That word edifies is, is the same as laying a foundation to build a structure on. That's the same with the, what that word means. We'd say he, he builds up himself, building meaning, building up a structure that's going to be putting on, on top of the foundation. Okay? So he says, so here's, he speaks to God speaks things that are unknown and you and you build yourself up it builds does something to your own spirit okay and then he says i wish you all spoke with tongues why would he be saying that if it was something that wasn't supposed to be for the church now if you look down at verse 14 i didn't read it but look at verse 14 14 14 first corinthians 14 14 the fourth thing is he says, for if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. The fourth thing there that, can ha- that happens to you while you're praying in your personal prayer language is it's your spirit praying. Amen. You are a spirit who has a soul that lives in a body. One day this old earth suit, we were walking around this old earth tent, as the Bible calls it, it we're going to lose it. It's going to be gone. But the, your spirit and your soul are going to heaven. Yes, Lord. Well, praying in tongues is your spirit by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit praying through you. Amen. You say, why does that even need to take place? Well, let me ask y'all a question. How many times have y'all been in life to where you just didn't know what to pray? I get overwhelmed when I get to looking at the, the, the prayer needs 
daily coming through our prayer chain. And I'm going through those prayer, those looking at those things and seeing what's going on. And, 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 you know, it's not just us, but you're praying for other people and people, you know, outside the, the immediate body here and stuff. And I'm looking at some and say, Oh, Jesus. Uh, and I can, and I'll be honest with you. Sometimes I'm at a loss of even how to pray other than, Oh God, touch them and bless them. You know, I'm trying to, I don't know what to say because it's like, wow, there's so many areas of that, that there's grief and pain and hurting, not just, you know, one thing. So much affected in people's lives by the loss of somebody or something going on. And so I pray, that's when I mostly pray in tongues because I don't know what to say. And I let the spirit of God on the inside of me do the work. Because my intellect can't do any good. But on the same sense, if I came in here and I just put an hour up here praying in tongues and just shouted in tongues the whole time, y'all are going to say, that's about the weirdest service we ever went to. And you're not going to get anything unless some interpretation came and and I would go home built up in my spirit. Y'all with me? It would be a selfish service because it would all be about me. (laughs) And y'all would say, oh, that was something. (laughs) So that's why Paul was saying, look, prophecy is for edification, exhortation, and comfort. When we come together as a body of Christ, what you want to do is be looking at that person saying, boy, you're looking good today. I see God all over you. I see, you know, you want to be looking at somebody and saying, you know, I just just feel impressed to tell you that God's going to work something out for you this week. Then you're, you're edifying, exert, exhorting, and comforting people. He said, if you do that, that's the most important thing to be done in this body. Amen. But at home in your prayer closet, when you're spending time with the Lord, that's where the, the gift and the speaking and praying in tongues comes. Now, oh, I just said that, and I got I to gotta back up. I've had people come to me and say, well, I never got the gift of speaking in tongues. Well, that's not true. There is no, and I'm going to show that to you in a minute, but there is not a specific gift of praying in tongues other than the gifts of the spirit. Your personal prayer language is in you and it's there the moment you got baptized in the Holy Spirit and you can speak in tongues and the only reason why you haven't is because either your faith is not there or you're inhibited by whatever that keeps you from flowing in the Holy Ghost. Now, I tried to get my wife to get up here and tell her testimony this morning. She wouldn't do it. I just wanted y'all to know that, so I'll have to tell it for her. So just because I want to tell it for her, then that means I can just put the twist on it the way I want to. So when, when, I, was, when I was, we were first saved, we, we started serving the Lord. And, and we were hungry. We were hungry for everything God had. We were just hungry. And I was reading my Bible and reading my Bible. And I was finding things like this that I had never heard of before about the Holy Spirit, about speaking in tongues, about the gifts of the Spirit, about power, about miracles, signs. I never heard any of that. And I was just dig- digging in. I was reading the Word. I was like, well, it's obviously right here. And why hasn't somebody said this to me? Because it's obviously right here. And I'd go to Laura every morning. Look, did you look what it says here? Look what it says here. So anyway, long time, these scriptures that I, got right here, started coming to my heart. And I started saying, man, there's something else. There's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. There's speaking in tongues. There's the gifts of the Spirit. There's, it's all here. And so how do we move forward? And so we started going to different meetings and different things. And then people started trying to teach us 
because I was a baby. I didn't know anything, didn't know anything at all. And they were trying to teach us. And so, you know, it's just one of those things that sometimes I, I, I hope I have, I have prayed so much that I would have a gifting to teach people an applicable way of applying the word to their life. Because I was told so much when I was just started out, just receive, brother, just receive it. And I'm like, how? How do you receive? Like, I mean, what is what is the key? And they just said, brother, just receive. And I'm like, how? No one's explaining this to me. So I'm always trying to teach y'all in a way that you can applicably understand this because I don't want to do the same confusion to y'all that was done to me. And so the, the same thing about the Holy Spirit, people would lay hands on me. They'd pray in tongues and they'd say, oh, you got it. Just receive it, brother. Just receive it. Just loose it. Just loose those tongues. Loose those tongues and let it go. And I'm like, I mean, I don't know. I don't understand. Y'all aren't giving me enough instruction here. I do not know. What am I supposed to do? How does this happen? Is this, you know, and then somebody says, oh, the Holy Ghost is going to come upon you. And I'm like, really? I mean, that's just like, does it feel like you're having a heart attack or something? I mean, what? I mean, just going to come on me? What is this going to, what's going, what do you mean going to come on me? You know, I'm going to have a nervous twitch. I'm going to do what? And so I just, it was just all, no one could really explain it to me, which is what I'm trying to do for y'all today. So this went on for a while until one morning over a bowl of cereal, I was tired of messing around. And I just sat there and I pushed my bowl of cereal back. I said, Jesus is ridiculous. I'm reading your word. Your word says, ask and I shall receive. So the only way I know to receive is know that by faith. I believe what your word says, and that would be receiving. And so I just declare, Lord, right now, I ask you to baptize me in the Holy Spirit. I want to speak in tongues. Lord, I just thank you for it right now that I can speak in tongues. And instantaneously, a word came to my mind, a word I'd never heard. And I said, oh, what's this? You know? Because I, everybody been telling me, oh, come on, you, you're, you're gonna, language is going to come pouring out of you. And I'm like, that's a word, some word I never heard of. And so I said, Lord, I said, I want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Lord, fill me full of the Holy Ghost. I'm going to speak in tongues. Word pops back in my head again. It's like, oh, that ain't it. It's not coming like I thought everybody was. There's no burning bush. There's no smoke and fire. There's no trembling. There's no heat. There's no something coming down. Oh, feel like oil's running over my head. People told me everything in the world. <laughs> Tongue gets thick. Couldn't, you know. No, I, none of this is happening. I was eating Cheerios. <laughs> Those are the good old days. Anyway, so I left, went to work, driving down the road, talking to the Lord of my disappointment of how he didn't baptize me in the Holy Spirit that he said he would, and I didn't get it, and that didn't seem right, and oh man, then all of a sudden the chastising voice of the Lord came to me and said, I did, it's you. I said, what do you mean, it's me? I didn't do nothing. He said, that's right. You didn't do nothing. And then the, the sweet, gentle hand of the Lord just began to show me. He says, Robert, how are you going to 
How, what do you think I'm going to bypass your mental facilities? I'm going to short circuit your brain? How, how would you speak another language? It said it's got to go through your thinking. Now, listen to me. I, I spoke Spanish. I grew up speaking Spanish. But I wanted to perfect my Spanish. And so I went for about a year because I wanted to be able to like negotiate business, do you know, words and things that I never even knew before. I wanted to do it all in Spanish. And so I went for about a year to a lady in San Antonio trying to teach me how to speak higher end proper Spanish. And, and you know what the, I found? I was inhibited to speak to her because I was just like a little weirded out. Like, OK, man, she's the teacher. And, you know, I don't want her to say that is not the way you say it. What is the matter with you? Speak like a child. You see, I didn't want, I was scared of that. I was inhibited. Yes, yes. And so therefore, when we first got together, you know, she was like, okay, uh, okay, today, this is, these are the last words I will speak to you in English. And she said, I will not answer you in English. It's all Spanish. And so it, 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 it's like, okay, what are you going to do? You're either going to jump in Right? It's the same way with the Holy Spirit. You're inhibited. I was inhibited. And so when I realized this, that there was a language that God wanted to use and speak through me to do everything of those four things I just talked about, but that I was inhibiting it because I wouldn't let it go because I was saying, well, I don't think that's right. Now, listen to me. When I learned to speak Spanish, I didn't speak Spanish fluently in one day. I still don't speak fluently. It's honest truth. I mean, I preach in Spanish and everybody laughs, but by, I, I get the message across. But I speak ranch Spanish. I speak as I grew up. I can work on a construction field more than I can do preaching. But anyway, my point is, when you quit worrying about, as a Spanish speaker, when you quit worrying about what you sound like, and the mistake you be making, then you can grow and learn. That's with any language. Any language. That's like um, Melania Trump speaks like seven languages. Because people that came from Slavic countries, they, they really major on languages and they learn these languages and they can speak all these languages and it just comes pretty natural to them. Not us Americans, you know, we want everybody to speak English. Basically, because we're too lazy to learn another language. <laughs> so we just want everything to be done in English is the truth. But I always love Spanish. And today, my Spanish is not where it needs to be to be what I want to do, but I get by. But you see what I'm saying? You're inhibited. I don't want to sound funny. Okay. That's what, in, that's what stops us from flowing in the Holy Ghost, because we think that we're going to either not be speaking what God wants, it's not the Holy Ghost, or we're doing something wrong. And we stop, we draw back. So, so it comes to a point of faith. Now, I just showed you plenty of scriptures there. There's no way you're going to get away with and, and say, well, I just don't think tongues are in the Bible. Well, pff, you just, you're, just, you're just in denial. Because I gave you too many scriptures there to show you that tongues are not there. All right. And when, 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 when 
First Corinthians 14, when Paul's talking about this, the difference between his personal prayer language and, 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 and tongues that need to be interpreted. I'll show you that in just a second. But what I want you to understand is it's 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 your relationship with Jesus that gets you there. Because the bottom line is, folks, let me ask him, if you ask God, first let me say, if you pray sincerely from your heart, does God hear your prayer? Yes. Is there anybody that doubts God would hear your prayer? No. You can't because first John 5, 14 says, right. this is the confidence of having him. We ask anything in ears, right? Yes. Okay. So then you sit down and you say, okay, God, I thank you that you are hearing my prayer. So you're locked in. The connections happened. All right. And you say, so then let me ask you, if, is any of you, because Luke 11 says, if there's anybody out there uh, that, that would ask a, a, a fish and he would give him a serpent, right? So does any of you believe that you would ask God for something and he'd give you something else? No. Or let the devil get in All right. and give you a devil language. I mean, let's just get serious here, right? Yeah. You can't pray and ask God to fill you full of the Holy Spirit and open up your prayer language. Oh, but you got out of sync there and you got a devil language. That's, in, that's impossible, right? So again, it's a point of faith. And I'll tell you how it's going to happen. Words going to come to your thinking. And then the challenge is yours. What are you going to do with it? Because if you stop and say, okay, God, I'm a little nervous right now, but by faith, I'm going to speak this word out. And you do, then you're going to start flowing in a language in the Holy Spirit. Now, let me just give you a couple of the things that have happened to me in life. When I was in uh, Russia preaching years ago, no, actually I was in the Ukraine on this trip. And they had, they had rented this big, uh, I don't know what you'd call it, like, a, like an auditorium, but it had a, a full stage on it. And then it had this little place up there where somebody could speak. And it was like a little box and, and it was up higher. And then there were seats everywhere. So anyway, they put me up there, made me feel really weird. And I was kind of looking down on everybody. And, and man, I was getting kind of nervous because, you know, that's a lot of responsibility. I want to make sure that when I, whatever I'm saying, I'm saying is of God. I don't want to just go over there and just talk about my dog or something, you know? I want to get people saved. And so I was feeling pressure, and so I backed up away from the microphone, and I was just standing there praying in my personal prayer language. And I'm just there, just it's not for anybody else, I'm just praying and say, oh God, help me out, Jesus. Oh, Lord, help me. This is basically what I'm doing. And I'm just, and I'm just praying in tongues, praying in tongues, praying in tongues. And so then I got up, and then I spoke, and then at the meeting was over, these two people came up really, really, uh, um, you just look at them until they're educated. And they come walking up to me and the, and the, 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 the lady said, I, I just wanted to ask you, the language you were speaking, what was that language? And I said, well, it was English. <laughs> and she said, no, not, not, yes, we understand you spoke in English, but no, the language you were praying before you got up and spoke. And so I'm thinking, what is she talking about? And then I thought, I guess she heard me speaking in tongues. And I said, well, that's my heavenly prayer language. It's, it, I, I, I don't know. And she said, well, we're linguists. And we're listening to you. And 
we were trying to figure out what the dialect was because we obviously know enough about languages to understand you were speaking a language because of all the forms. They, they knew all the stuff about languages. I said, man, I'm sorry. I'm just country boy. I'm just praying in tongues. I don't know what's going on. They said, no, you're praying a language. And I said, well, glory to God. And I said, did you know what it was? He said, no, but we think it's of a certain dialect. And I said, well, glory, you know. Uh, I don't know. What do you say? <laughs> well. <laughs> Another time I was in Mexico. I was on the stage and I was getting, we were getting, we were preaching and uh, we'd, I'd stop. We were tag team preaching. And uh, we do that a lot of times so you can keep the meeting going. So I preach for a while and then I tag off. Somebody else picks up on what I'm doing and they start preaching. I can go sit down and get me a drink of water. And then next one I tag off on them. Then I'll get back up and preach. And we just tag team preach. Then we can preach for hours. And uh, I was getting ready to walk off the stage and I was tired. And I started praying in tongues. And this guy comes walking up to the front and he says, and he says in Spanish to me, yes, sir, I, I want to. And I said, want to what? <laughs> you know. And he said, I want to, I want to, I want to be saved and, and I want to give my life to Christ. And I was like, oh, glory to God. Wasn't what anybody was preaching about. And I said, what are you? And he said, no, you, 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 I heard you make the altar call to come up. I said, I, didn't, I was praying in tongues. But my praying in tongues, he heard in Spanish, and I gave an altar call while praying in tongues, walking off the stage, and the guy comes up and gets saved. It was wild. And I was like, okay, God, tells me something's going on, right? So my point is, is that you don't understand, but it's a gift. Your personal prayer language is a gift to edify you, to build you up, to strengthen you, to pray mysteries, to pray into God and to speak things that God is trying to make that you need in your life to form Christ in you. Amen. All right. So let me jump now because I, I feel like I have to I have to get over here to say this so we don't. First Corinthians 12, go back two chapters. 1 Corinthians 12 talks about the gifts of the Spirit. And in the gifts of the Spirit, because I divide them up this way. There's the power gifts, there's great faith, there's miracles, and there's healing. The revelational gift, there's the word of wisdom, word of knowledge, and discerning of spirits. And then there's the audible gift, the gift of tongues, tongues and interpretation, and prophecy. Now, there is a gift of the Spirit that is like your personal prayer language, but it's different. You say, how do you know? You don't know till you've ever done it, right? It's like that. You can read all the books in the world about how to swim, but until you jump in the water, you're not going to figure it out, right. right? You can lay down on the couch and you can do all the strokes, but it ain't going to be the same until you jump in the river, okay? So there is a gift of the spirit that, a person could speak out in tongues, and as they spoke out that tongue, that tongue would need to be interpreted. And Paul goes through that, and that's what he started talking about in 1 Corinthians 14. There was a difference. And he said, look, you, if a tongue spoke out in church, it needs to be interpreted so that everybody understands what's going on, and therefore, edification, exhortation, and comfort take place. And there should be an interpretation of it. All right? It's a gift of the Spirit. 
Now, again, why are there gifts of the Spirit? To help people. Now, listen to me. You're never going to understand or have the gifts of the Spirit operating in your life unless you have a heart and desire to help people. Because the Holy Spirit's not going to come on you just to make you feel good. The Holy Spirit's not going to come on you just to give you a word of wisdom so you know which stock to buy. In your personal life, he might do that, but you don't look for the gift of the Spirit to come on you and give you a word of wisdom or which one to buy. Give you some inspiration or whatever, that's something else. But I'm just saying, too long the church has wanted to use the gifts of the Spirit for themselves. But the gifts of the Spirit is the work and the ministry of the Holy Spirit to people. Yes, Lord! What is he talking about? First Corinthians 14. Pursue love. The gifts of the Spirit are not going to just happen in your life because you woke up one morning and, you know, you were reading your Bible or whatever. The gifts of the Spirit are about God is taking you to want to use you, your hands, your feet, your mouth to go out into the world and to speak into the world and to see people helped and blessed. I believe with all of my heart we're coming into a time that this is going to be very, very important in life. Folks, listen to me. There is too much crazy wickedness going on in the world and too much deception going on in the world that we need every tool that we can because no longer are you going to just be able to beat your 12-inch crescent wrench through the wall and get the job done. God's going to say, man, we need, you need this power tool. You need something else. You with me? We need to be sharp right now. Folks, listen to me. Just think about this. In 1776, when the, 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 everything was going on here in America and, the, and this world was started, there was, a, there was a huge change of life. All of a sudden, we were in battle. We were in war. Imagine if what was going on in the Ukraine was going on here. We're talking about a huge upset, a huge upheaval. Folks, we got craziness and wickedness going on in the world today, right in our backyard, that nobody's even, everybody's just kind of turning a blind eye to it. Everybody's just kind of not wanting to deal with it. And they're just kind of like, well, if we don't look, maybe it'll leave. And I'm here to tell you that it's not going to leave. And until we have Christians that will rise up, that will be empowered and full of the spirit of the living God to go forth and be who God wants us to be. We're going to keep we're going to we're going to if we don't, we're going to get defeated. Amen. And you're not going to ever really truly be defeated. You're just going to lose your voice. But I believe that I speak to people that are full of God and want all God's God. And I believe with all of my heart that God has a special finger on Living Waters Church. And I believe with all of my heart that God wants to do things with each and every one of us for what's coming in the future. Hello? So look at the person beside you and say, you're a prime candidate. Amen? Now look at the person on the other side of you and say, hey, you better get ready. Now, I, I want to go into more of the gifts of the Spirit. I want to go into the, the motivational gifts out of Romans 12 too, but I'm not going to do it right now. I, I, I just want to pray over you and, and uh, uh, let all that I shared with you today sink in, soak in. Amen? Amen? So I want you to stand up, if you would. Now, church, no matter what, the most important thing in life is your relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen. 
Listen to me, everyone in here, everyone watching on the broadcast, you need Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You need to know that your sins are forgiven. You need to know that you are right with heaven. Man, these are the days that you do not want to go out into this world without being assured to know that you're headed to heaven. And if you're not, well, the Bible's real simple. It says all a person has to do is confess with their mouth and believe in their heart in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Make that decision to say, Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. Think about how easy that is, church. That's all he's requiring from us is for us to say, Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. Amen. You died on a cross. You rose from the dead. Yes, Lord. And everything's, over. everything's over. All the blood is covered and washed. Oh, man. Amazing. That's all he's asking. So if you're out there watching or you're in here today and you need to make Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life, well, then that's what you need to do. Call out upon him wherever you are. Call out upon him and say, Jesus, come into my life. I believe you are the son of God. I believe you're the Lord and Savior and you saved me today. And he'll touch you right where you are. If you're in here and our prayer team people can come on up, but if you're in here today and you don't know Jesus or you need prayer or you want to rededicate your life or you want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, and you want somebody to lay hands on you. That's why we have people up here as a prayer team people. But I want to tell you something. I, again, today, I'm going to come over here and I'll pray over here on the side. If you're here and you want me to lay hands on you for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, eh, I'll take care of that. Lord will take care of it, but he'll use me. And so. I just want to tell you, church, if you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, you've asked God to baptize you in the Holy Spirit, you're wired to pray in tongues. But you're going to have to get over that inhibition. I didn't finish and tell on my wife. I told you what happened to me. But my wife over there took her about a year because every time it kept happening, she kept pushing it down, saying, that's not it. Until she finally got mad at me for laying hands on her, trying to get her. I told her one day, I said, man, I, I said, you must have a devil inside you or something. <laughs> and so that kind of ended my prayer time with her of laying hands on her after that. And so she kind of set me straight and said, I ain't got no devil. You're the devil. <laughs> And she would tell you today it was just because she was inhibited to move forward in what God was doing. So I encourage you, go outside, sit on your porch, go wherever you are and let the power and just sit there and just be honest with the Lord. Just 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 be honest with him. Get out there where there ain't nobody, the dog and cat going to hear you or whatever. And when and when you find that point of faith that, you know, you've touched heaven, you know, God's done it. That word pops in your head. Speak it out loud. Say, Lord, by faith, I speak this word out. This is my prayer language. You speak it out. And then just watch what begins to happen. A baby doesn't always speak everything at first. And then he gets flowing and going. Amen. So I'm going to pray for you. Father, right now, I just ask you to bless these people. That Lord, today, Lord, we want everything you've got. We want all the right, proper tools to be working and living in life. So, Lord, right now we pray for the power of the Holy Spirit upon each and every one of us. Lord, I pray every person here who seeks and desires to be infilled with your spirit, to be full to overflowing in your Holy Spirit, Lord, that you touch them and you bless them and fill them full right now in Jesus' name. Lord, I declare that everyone today, the truth of the word that's been preached goes forth, that they today, Lord God, see that they are empowered to speak 
And that, Lord, that language begins to flow out of them and that you begin to edify them. You begin to strengthen them. You begin to, to, they begin to speak to you and speak mysteries unto you. So bless them today, Lord God. I declare every devil is a liar. I declare every stumbling block you've ever put in front of people right now is broken in Jesus' name. That people see the truth of God's word and it breaks and destroys the yokes over people's lives. So, Lord, I praise you for that. I thank you for it, Lord God. And I declare that we as a church are going to be right where you want us to be when it's time. And I praise you for that, Lord. Bless them, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. God bless you, church. We're here to pray for you.